and we're live hello hello welcome everybody to another episode of quick brews uh, for those of you who haven't joined us before quick brews is the little sister of strong tea which is our main podcast and we used to say it was the bite-sized version but vicky and i can't seem to stop ourselves talking and whittle it down to half an hour so it's the same size as strong tea it just means there's no guest so today I'm going to hand over to Vicky uh, to tell you all about what we're going to be chatting about Woo-hoo. yeah we've got no guest to rein us in and this is a biggie this this, <laughs> this episode um so we we all know them as smear tests um but it's uh cervical screening we're covering today um and we'll cover as always, stats will come into it because I think I'm creating a fellow stats queen as well in Katie. A little bit. Um, yep, yep. Um, and the importance of them, debunking some myths, demystifying, and hopefully you're laying a few fears out there as well. Um, so yeah, that's today's topic. But as ever, let's cover what we're drinking, Katie. Well, I know we always do strong tea. And we always drink tea, but because this is a quick brew, I went outside the box today and made myself a strong coffee. Um, but I've made it with frothy milk, so I feel like I'm like at Starbucks, so it's quite nice. Wow! So um, it seems that we are telepathic because <gasps> I have also strayed from the tea leaf. Um, I have gone for a coffee, a caramel flavored coffee. Yeah. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, That's and nice. caffeine and and me have are an interesting combination. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt like I needed a little injection of caffeine this morning, so the coffee's going down an absolute treat. But who knows how this is going to turn out? Can't wait. Um, so we wanted to keep this relatively light because this is a very serious topic, and we will be covering some serious points um, because this is a, a, a topic that. I, st- I still think it's taboo. A lot of people don't talk about it. Um, so, yeah, but, but before we start, as I said, I want to keep it reasonably light. And no one likes the, the, the official names for lady parts, you know, the vagina, cervix, <gasps> you know. <gasps> How dare you? So I, I just putting it out there, just starting off lightly. Katie, what are the names that you have, nicknames for your um, for, um well I have always referred to mine as the same thing and it's only because I heard it on scrubs many many years ago um bajingo (laughs) always been bajingo always Uh, but have um I have referred to it in the past as well as cha-cha and a nunny interesting mm, what okay, about you so, what's your what's your term of choice well I I, I have a list um <laughs> so yeah because it's not that I talk about my behind a lot I just kind of yeah I, I, I said does like, sound sounds like you're gearing up to talk about your behind a lot th- that is very true yeah mm. so I I in in this house we we love a minky minky okay a minky that's a quite foof. that's quite sweet quite like that oh foof yeah. yes foof. a floof Mm-hmm. A a f- but hold on because a floof is also a dog yes it gets very confusing mm. yeah okay. I, I, I won't put it in a sentence of how it can get confusing <laughs> but it does um a woosie a woosie a woosie yeah okay yeah um said quite camp woosie oh woosie a woosie mm. um like you a cha-cha cha-cha yeah cha-cha. a queefer <laughs> <laughs> named after shangela you got it. <laughs> a tutti. 
a tootie oh that's yeah, quite sweet tootie. and a noonie a noonie a yeah. noonie so they are my multiple names for um my minky yeah i mean it sounds like you have a i mean the variety is the spice of life isn't it <laughs> well she's got very many personalities <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, dear. Right. I mean, should we get this started? <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know how to follow that, quite frankly. Um, but what I will start with, because I think it'll lead us in quite nicely. Um, and I know you've got lots of stats as well. But what I will say is in the years 2020 to 2021, see, these are the most recent figures um, that are available from the NHS. So 4.59 million so four and a half million individuals were invited for screening now they say individuals because what we we always want to be politically correct on here and inclusive um individuals who are invited for screening are all women and people with cervixes now we have we have checked that cervixes is the plural of of cervix not survive Uh, as I thought not survive which I make it makes sense because also on the list when you type into google what is the plural of cervix the next question down is what's the plural of ovaries and the next one is what is the plural of octopus because of course I mean it's all related (laughs) I I didn't even know where to start with that but yes so all people with cervixes um so four and a half million individuals were invited for screening. The actual number that turned out was just over three million individuals. Now, that's quite a big gap, isn't it, in the number of people that are not getting screened. And that was also a decrease of 5% from the previous year. So I think, and I'm going to let you come on to some more stats now, Vicky, but I think over the past maybe... I'm not sure when it happened, but maybe seven or eight years, um, we've been riding on the wave of Jade Goody's mm-hmm. journey, and it it brought to the forefront, didn't it, the importance of um, yeah. cervical screening. And I think the more people that are coming of age now, where they need to be screened, mm-hmm. don't know who Jade Goody is, and yeah. probably don't have that in the forefront of their mind. So, what mm-hmm. else have you found out when you've been having a little peruse? So. Yeah, I mean, mine was slightly later, but as a percentage, uh, 72% of women aged um, 25 to uh, to 64, excuse me, um, yeah, the numbers went from 72% um, having smear tests and it it went down a lot. Um, And I've lost my stats now, but (laughs) that's embarrassing. (laughs) Stats. It's because you're missing your crown today. You need to put your crown back on. It's the coffee. coffee. Um, coffee. But new cases average um, every year is 3,197. Deaths. That's that's new cases of cervical cancer. That's new cases every year. Yeah. Um, And deaths, that's 884 a year from cervical cancer. Uh, The survival rate is 51%. So that's a lot of positivity in that stat alone um but this is the shocker so you're obviously saying about people that missed smear tests Mm -hmm. um and we've just in the age range there you know 25 to 64 um 99.8 of cervical cancer cases are preventable wow so that's the power of having cervical screenings yeah 
I mean, it says the NHS also had a stat saying that on average, every year, cervical screening helps save, save the lives of four and a half thousand women. Mm. Now that's um, related to women that have been screened and they found um, types of HPV, which we'll mm-hmm. come on to talk about that in, in a little bit. But, you know, having screening, finding abnormal cells mm-hmm. and having it treated is is the essential thing. And we all know it's not not a nice thing to do. No, no one enjoys it. No. And uh, this is the other thing as well, is that 220,000 British women are diagnosed with cervical abnormalities. But looking at the stats we've just said, it's only a small number of that that are actually cervical cancer. So even if you go and it's not enjoying it, you know, there could be abnormalities that are found that are, are more than fixable. So, yeah. It's quite it's, common though, isn't it? It's one in yeah. 12 smears mm. show up abnormal cells. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. mean to say that if you've got abnormal cells, it's going to be cancer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, right. leads us, that leads us on to, to your story, I guess. Yeah. So I had um, a uh, cervical screening. If I keep saying smear test, I'm sorry. Uh, that's just how I've always been used to saying it. And it's not a very nice thing. It's to easier to get say. your mouth around as well, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly is. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. No uh-huh. pun intended. Um, yeah. So I had a smear test um, a while ago and it did come back abnormal. Um, and so they, they kind of said, oh, okay, you know, let's, let's, you know, do another test. So they waited a little while, um, had another test and the abnormal cells had spread. I then had to go for a, a colposcopy. Um, and what they found is that they were precancerous cells and the rate that they were spreading, it could and would have ended up, um, being cervical cancer. So I had a large surface area of my cervix removed. Um, now, if I hadn't have had that smear, I probably, yeah, would have had cervical cancer. Um, I can't say it would have saved my life. You, you just don't know. Like we said, survival rate is 51%. So we, you know, you don't know which way that story or that mm-hmm. sliding door was going to go. But the fact that those abnormal cells were picked up and yeah. the direction it was going in is, yeah, was was massive. Yeah, I guess it kind of, highlights doesn't it just the sort of fragility of well I was gonna say the female body but any anybody um getting checked regularly for for different types of um abnormalities and I suppose because it's isn't it now every five years I think it's every three years until you're 50 and then it's five years I think right Right. because do you think that's often enough I mean, don't the, get me wrong, when, you, when you're actually in there having it done, yes, every three or every five years feels like plenty of time. Yeah. But, you know, is it actually regularly enough to catch these abnormalities? See, because of my experience, I would say not. I think the, the surprise of the doctor's face when they had a look and said, wow, that spread quite quickly was enough for me to go, whoa, okay, that, you know, if, if I'd have had this, test a year after yeah. what what would it have been then yeah then you know would, what would it have been like then yeah. so I'm particularly vigilant with smear tests based on my experience alone 
three years does feel like a long time when you've had an experience like that. And I know I'm not alone. I've spoken to other friends and so on who have had colposcopies and, you know, abnormal results. And so it does make you a bit more aware of, of the importance um, for all those who don't like smears, don't, don't leave it that long, <laughs> you know, don't get them yeah. done. Don't, don't be a case where you are doing it because you're vigilant because you've had a bad experience go because it's the right thing to do for your health and your family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, personally I don't know what the medical thinking behind every three years but yeah I don't think it's enough yeah and I think you know if you're listening to this probably chances are you have had a smear test at some point um but if you haven't um we're going to talk a little bit about what it entails now I think the biggest thing isn't it it's being embarrassed because especially because we're a little British you know Mm -hmm. British people like Mm -hmm. to preserve their dignity um but the biggest thing I think is going in and getting your bajingo out for someone else to look at and everyone is thinking it oh my god we, you know what what if they think it looks weird what if this what if that I've spoken to uh nurses about this in the past and midwives and they say we're definitely not thinking anything like that we're probably thinking oh got to do this later got to get that from the shops got to go here got to go there then absolutely not thinking they see hundreds every week and they all look different as well so that's the big I think that's one of the biggest things if you're embarrassed about it it's it's nothing to be embarrassed about Mm. and you know they want you to go they want you to get checked out and what I would say is before you go and we'll come on to some tips and things later but I always say is it a female doing it just because I feel a little bit more comfortable because Mm -hmm. you hop up on that couch and they say okay put your feet together knees together and just flop your knees apart yeah Yeah. just (laughs) relax and as soon as someone says just relax what is the first thing you do you don't relax (laughs) You clamp that cha-cha down. <laughs> you certainly do. You absolutely do. And there's no stopping it either. Um, mm. So, you know, make sure that you're in the most comfortable environment with the person that you feel, mm. you know, if, if you're not fussed and you're just happy to go in and get it done by whoever, not a problem. But actually, if you feel more comfortable with a female, mm. just double check that before you go in. I think that's quite, it's quite important, isn't it? Oh, definitely. And I think for, for anyone listening who hasn't experienced a smear, uh, sorry, cervical screening, or for those who haven't, um, the process, should we go through the process very quickly? We should, and we should say what we found online as well, shouldn't we? Oh, absolutely. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the research into this was very interesting. So I simply typed into Google, um, what does it feel like to have a smear test? Because I thought, well, I know, but probably my experience is different from Vicky's and will be different from the next person's. So I thought, what, what does it say in general? And the, <laughs> I don't even know if I can say this. <laughs> the top sentence was the speculum, which we'll talk about what that is in a minute. When that goes in, it's not the most comfortable. It can feel like sex, which is very slow with a very large vegetable. Now, how the person that wrote that got to that conclusion I think, well, I, I don't, I, see, I have no words. I have no words. You think he looked, I say, hey, did you see that? Oh, that was naughty of me. I do apologize. 
But do you think they looked at the uh, vegetable emoji as oh, a euphemism and thought eggplant? Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's what it must feel like. There was no specification of what vegetable. Exactly. I just went straight for eggplant there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I, I can't. Uh, you know, I don't have the comparison to draw from that. But yeah, the speculum itself is like a plastic. Um, I think, can they be metal as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a tube that can be inserted and then opened slightly. Mm-hmm. Now, what you can ask for, and I didn't realize this, but you can actually ask for a smaller one if you're yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit nervous or a bit uncomfortable, you've had issues in the past, you can actually ask for a smaller speculum. And that's inserted and it can feel a little bit cold and a little bit uncomfortable. But again, key here is to relax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm never very good at that. And they're always saying, just keep calm. Just fine. Yeah, it's all right for you to say you've not got a <laughs> stick in your foof, you know, but, um, you know, it's, it is key to relax. And then, Shall I hand over to you? You can you can carry on this yeah, lightning sure. description. So the, the cervical screen is to check the health of your cervix. So the reason why the spectrum, I can't even say it, why the tube is going in is so the nurse can get um, a good pathway, as it were, to get the cells off the um, cervix. Now, the cervix is the opening of the womb um, from your vagina. So it's an important area inside the body um, to actually test for. Um, because sometimes there are no symptoms, sometimes there are, but it's an area of your body that is a particularly difficult one to monitor, obviously. Um, Now, what they're testing for isn't necessarily um, for cancer, it's to test for those abnormalities. So that's the first thing to dispel that myth, is that these smear tests are specifically for cancer, and that's not true. So if that's what you're scared of, that if a letter comes back, that you're worried it's going to be cancer, please don't. That's it's one of many things that they're they're testing for. Um, So, yeah, during that appointment, the small sample of cells will be taken. um, And that's with a you. So, you know, the covid tests with the long kind of things that you stick up, you know. Yeah, the swab. So it's one of those. And that's probably for me. I don't know about you, Katie, but that's probably the bit that's the most uncomfortable is when they actually take some of those cells um, and it just feels like really bad period pain. That's that's the best way I could describe it. Just like an aching yeah. kind of yeah. horrible. Yeah, but it's over so quick. So they'll then take those um, sample cells, take them off, and they're testing for things um, like uh, human papilloma virus, which is HBV. And that's the virus that can actually cause those changes in your um, cells that, that live in your, in your cervix. Um, and there are certain high risk ones as well. So those high risk ones are the ones that can cause cancer. That doesn't mean to say that if you've got HPV, you will have cancer. Yeah. So again, dispelling that myth that if you get a letter back and it's HPV, don't panic. You know, that's, you know, that, that's what they're looking for. And it can get treated very, very quickly before it even turns into cancer. Um, so after that, um, you, you get changed, go on with your life and then you'll get your results letter quite soon after within within a couple of weeks so that's the process it it doesn't take very long at all no um from the tube going in to you know the tube coming out and you leaving it's no more than than five minutes absolutely no more than that yeah it's it it can be uncomfortable but honestly the five minutes that it takes to do it 
versus the worry and the concern. Mm. You know, obviously we spoke with Katie um, on our third episode of Strong Tea and she came to us and um, we talked about uh, breast cancer and the importance of checking your breasts and you know we sort of said you know it's yeah but what if you find something and she said yeah but if you do the chances of being able to do something is so much mm. more important and it's so much better to find it rather than not mm. find it now no one likes smear tests I, I've never met a person that said oh yeah great time at my last smear test no no one does that um but five minutes of discomfort for another couple of years of someone saying yeah more clear I've been checked everything's fine and like Vicky said if abnormalities are found firstly it doesn't mean that that is going to turn into cancer but it does mean that whatever the abnormalities are it might just mean that you go back for another smear test and they say all right it was an abnormal test everything's fine so it's important to know that if you do pick up on abnormalities it's not necessarily a bad thing but it's so important to get checked so important one thing I remember doing when I was in uni a friend of mine at the time she said um her her mum had actually had um cervical cancer and she was I was saying oh I'm too scared to go for my smear test and she was like you need to get down there she basically frog marched me down there she was just like right I'll come with you and I will sit outside the the door of the nurse's room and it was November and it was sleeting outside it was absolutely freezing and I was like I'm gonna wear a skirt I'm gonna wear a skirt I mean it couldn't have been more obvious that I was going in to have a smear test because I was wearing a skirt when it was basically minus eight outside and you know sometimes people find that a little bit easier to go in rather than completely disrobing if you like from the waist down whip your knickers off pull your skirt Mm -hmm. up makes it a little bit easier and more straightforward doesn't it absolutely yeah I've made schoolgirl error a couple of times of wearing jeans and I, I just I've never minded stripping off in hospitals when I've had to go and so on, but in the doctor's surgery, it just feels a bit odd. Kind of, you're in a room with someone who's waiting for you to kind of get your kegs off and get your tooty out. And you just think, oh, you know. Oh, someone behind that curtain. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a bit awkward trying to make small talk. And yeah, I remember, oh, this is, this is, yeah, I'm feeling too comfortable. I've had too much coffee. Um, So I remember on my last one, because when I had my daughter, I had an episiotomy, which is um, a slice, slice and dice job. Um, Yeah, not, not pleasant. Maybe that's a future episode. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And I was so nervous that I was making small talk and I said, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry about the uh, appearance. (laughs) But you know, a bit scarred. It's like, oh no, they did a good job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so kind of you know, that small talk, you know, that yep. nurses know what they're doing. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it's important as well to point out with something like that is if you are nervous or if you are anxious about it, just say when you go in, because nine times out of 10, all the smear tests I've had, I've gone in and I've said, look, I really don't, like this and I really I find it very difficult to relax and they're like oh that's fine that's absolutely fine and you know what I saw a um someone had done a cartoon drawing which was um for awareness of um a cervical screening and cervical cancer Mm -hmm. and the importance of it this little um drawing showed a person with like a little headlamp on 
staring into your cha-cha and um and like with a little like thought bubble thinking about what you're thinking and I just thought and and on also on this um drawing was um got got your uh got your trousers off and you've got this bit of tissue sort of which is this large bit of sort of which it's like paper isn't it just yeah it's not even kitchen roll it's no yeah it's it's weird and that they lay it over yeah. you and um just in the corner of this um drawing was a little pile on the floor and it said pants folded really neatly yes. and hidden which i yeah i always hide my pants because i'm like don't look at my pants i'm like they're staring into me they don't care about my pants <laughs> so true i don't want to look untidy so let's let's fold the jeans up let's Old and high pants yeah yeah and it's so weird I'm, I'm sure everyone's got their own um their own routine when they do these things um it's whatever makes you comfortable but definitely definitely say to the person who's doing it look you know I'm feeling anxious I'm feeling mm-hmm. nervous and they will do what they can to help you relax they'll do what they can to keep you calm if you want the lights slightly down if they you know if you if you want someone in there with you to hold your hand chances are they should be able to accommodate that and it's they they need they know they need to do this this is important yeah. so it's important that you go and you feel comfortable absolutely and yeah. um, you know I'm, I'm aware we're kind of sweeping statement a lot of go get it done but I know that there are individuals out there who might find it incredibly traumatizing um so victims of sexual violence uh trans and non-binary folk those kind of you know it could be quite a traumatic experience to go in for a go in for a cervical screening yeah absolutely and one of the um things that we will put onto the link on our website um there is a charity called joe's trust and they have a they actually have a section on their website for victims of sexual violence and also trans non-binary people. Um, Anyone who's getting a smear test that may find it difficult, like you say, might find it a traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. I personally um, had quite a traumatic experience with the birth of my daughter. um, And I've really struggled um, to go back because Mm -hmm. it's it's quite triggering. Mm -hmm. And I think to know the importance of it like when we talk about these stats much like when Katie talked about breast cancer Mm. it kind of highlights just where you are with things doesn't it and it sort of makes it sort of think you know this isn't going to be pleasant but for the greater good and I need to go it's going to take about five minutes so yeah like you say we're we're being very flippant about it and saying Mm. go get it done but I personally don't find things like that very easy I didn't before but I certainly don't now so the importance of it is is absolutely paramount but you have managed to find some helpful and handy tips haven't you I have yeah so I think we've covered a few um as we've been talking but I'll go through them again as just quite a a neat little summary excuse me so the first one is obviously talk talk to your nurse or your doctor um if it's the first time you're going Um, and you're feeling a bit embarrassed or a bit worried or if you've had bad experiences before um, or anything that that could potentially make it a bit harder for you as Katie was saying um, telling telling the doctors or the nurses will allow them to give you the support that you need during the process Uh, whether that's to talk you through it um, to talk about something completely 
random you know they are there to support you they as Katie said they, they want you to get it done so tell the doctor and nurse how you're feeling if you are feeling a bit anxious or worried and um, another good tip is ask for the first appointment of the day um so <laughs> Katie's experience of just waiting in the waiting room and it's obvious what I'm here for if yeah. that makes you feel particularly <laughs> uncomfortable go for the first appointment of the day it means that it's quieter you've got time to just sit and think in relative you know solitude um and there's less time for you to wait as well it Um, it does mean as well you're not sitting and worrying about it for the entire day doesn't it oh absolutely absolutely um and I know that with covid and coronavirus and so on some doctor surgeries are still operating slightly differently at the moment um so look ahead you know see what the waiting procedure is are there specific rooms how does it work is there waiting in your car until you're told you know different surgeries are operating in different ways at the moment so look ahead and see what your surgery is doing um so you can kind of work around the best best appointment and best surroundings for you Um, With that in mind, you can actually book longer appointments or double appointments, and that could help in terms of calming you down, giving yourself longer to prepare, longer to talk through with the doctor or nurse any particular problems. Um, You know, some doctor surgeries do offer this. If they don't, then just talk through what the other options are. Is it kind of end of the day appointment where, you know, if it goes over, it's, it's kind of okay or so have a look if that if you think that's a good option for you, have a look into it. Um, Kate said it before, if a particular gender of uh, nurse or doctor is your preference, make sure you let them know. So if you would like a female doctor or nurse to do the procedure, then, you know, ask if you prefer male, then ask, you know, they are there to make you feel comfortable and to make sure that it's yeah they they get the test right and if that matters then make sure you let them know sure um yeah take someone you trust if if you want um someone to hold your hand mop your brow um stop you from leaving um give you a a strong glass of wine afterwards you know whatever (laughs) you need to kind of help you if you need that support structure there in person then that can be accommodated um, yeah, spot on, Katie, with the, <laughs> with the skirt. Don't do my schoolgirl error and wear jeans or anything like that. Um, it just makes it easier because then you don't have to take anything off. It's just pull it up. It's done. And then you can pull it back down and you're on your way. There's no kind of awkward yeah. putting it back on and, yeah, potential queefing. <laughs> um, ask for a smaller spectru- speculum. As Kate said, they do come in different sizes. Um, So if the standard size is too uncomfortable, if you think, oh, this is, you know, like a large vegetable having sex with me slowly, then you can ask for a smaller speculum speculum (laughs) tube to to use. I think that's such a key one because I didn't realize until we did this research that you could ask for a smaller one. No, no, I didn't. Like, so it's not something that you go in there and say, hey, not having a great time with this. And yeah. they say, oh, we've got a smaller one, by the way. Like, it makes so much sense. because Why would you not use a small one all the time? <laughs> well, yeah. And not everyone wooses is the same. Everyone's got individual ones. You know, yeah. not one size fits all. Quite literally. <laughs> literally. Yes. Literally. That's an entirely different episode. That's a completely different episode. <laughs> um, so <laughs> normally um, when you go for a cervical screening, you're asked to lay on your back. And as uh, my co-host so delicately said you know put your knees together and flop them out um so that's the normal I say normal but that's the usual position that the nurse or doctor will ask you 
to, to go in for, for your for your test. But you can ask to go into a different position. So if another position is easier, so if you want to lay on your side or anything like that, anything that makes it a little more comfortable, as long as they can get to your cervix, it doesn't matter. So yeah. whatever works for you that will make you uh, less triggered, more comfortable. Um, so, you- sometimes as well, um, they talk about, because uh, like Vicky just said, everyone has got a different Nunu. Um, at, oh, hold on, not Nunu, because that was the vacuum cleaner in the Teletubbies. Oh, it is. Yeah, oh. so Nunu. Noonie. everyone's got yeah. a different nanny um and sometimes um some people have t- a tilted cervix mm-hmm. and so sometimes you have to uh put your like your hands under your bum yep. to scoot yourself forward and lift your sort of pelvis up um so they can get you into a slightly different position if something's not comfortable i mean you know we're not saying this is going to be the most comfortable thing you've ever done but if something's really like you know actually I'm really struggling with that then say just say mm-hmm. you know can you just stop a second I need to get into a slightly better position mm-hmm. and they'll be able to accommodate you it won't be won't be a problem no absolutely um <clears throat> for those who are postmenopausal or are going through the menopause um it can uh, need a little bit more uh, TLC during the procedure um, after menopause, the opening of the um, cha-cha uh, and the cha-cha walls, they become less able to, to stretch. Um, so it can actually make the test a bit uncomfortable because the whole idea of the speculum is that it, it widens. So it can make it quite uncomfortable. So you can ask to um, get a prescription of vaginal estrogen cream or a pessary, which, which could help. Um, but again, if this is something that's concerning you before the appointment, um, yeah, g- get in touch with them and let them know any preparatory work that you or preparatory treatments that you yeah. think would make it easier. Um, and yeah, there are specialist um, screening clinics for those who um, are triggered or have experienced sexual violence. Uh, if you're a trans man or a non-binary person with a cervix, there are specialist clinics that you can go to and we'll put a link to those. Um, if you if you want uh, a more specialist and more kind of focused um, mm. place to go, um, who understand your needs uh, better than say a, just a regular GP. Um, mm. So yeah, they're my top tips. Top tips indeed. I think that's really helpful because I think you know people might listen to this. They might think you know I'm still not going or I go regularly anyway. But knowing some of those tips might make things a little bit easier for people because mm. like say I had no idea about the smaller speculum which no. is uh, as far as I'm concerned it's an absolute game changer mm. um and so I think it's it's so important to open up the conversation and to talk about these things you know talk about it with people you know like mm. experiences and things like that and you know it's it's five minutes of your life I'm saying it to convince myself as much as anyone else, because Mm. I don't find it the easiest thing to do, but it is so important. So um, we're going to include uh, quite a few links on our website, which take you through to, you know, advice about cervical screening, um, conditions that are raised through cervical screening top tips and also as Vicky mentioned before um cervical screening for victims of sexual abuse and trans and non-binary uh people so we're going to include lots of information um and if you would like to get in touch and ask any further questions I mean I'm no expert but we'd be happy to answer mm-hmm. any questions wouldn't we oh yeah definitely yeah and um, things like FAQs as well so 
you know, think, does it hurt? You know, but uh, there was one that I saw in the research is, does it cause UTIs, uh, urinary tract infections? And no, it, it shouldn't. Everything's sterile. Everything should be, you know, you shouldn't get anything like thrush or, you know, that if you do, again, go back to your GP because there's obviously something that's amiss. Um, so, yeah, things like that, any FAQs that you want to send us, uh, we're, we're more than happy. We were talking the other day about revisiting some of the topics that we have done in previous episodes because of demand, because they were just so popular. Um, so if you do have any FAQs or you'd like to share your experiences anonymously, then do let us know um, and we can include it either information on our website and our social media or we can do another episode. Absolutely. And we also would like to know if you have any other alternative names for Lady Bits because yes, always, always happy to hear them. As you can hear, our lists are limited. Um, we do have lists, but they are limited. So uh, always like I think a word them. cloud is in order. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. We can put that yeah, on the website, can't we? Celebrate our minkies. Minkies and bajingos. And bajingos. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> Thank you, everyone who's tuned in and listened to this. Um, Like I say, it's not the whole point of uh, Strong Tea and Quick Brews is to talk about topics which no one really wants to talk about, taboo topics, things that are difficult to discuss. And like we say, no one enjoys smear tests, cervical screening, but they are important. And so Mm. we hope this, even if this helps just one person go for a smear Mm -hmm. test, then it's done its job. absolutely you may not skip from your appointment but you'll skip after you get the letter saying that everything's okay absolutely absolutely thanks for tuning in guys and we will catch you again for another episode very very soon see you later bye